you could sit at your desk and do great work and hope that somebody taps you on your shoulder and says, we have something great for you. Or you could decide that you're going to be in control of your own career. And you can be in control of your own career. And who else would be the best person to be in control of your career? Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What gets you up in the morning? What drives your decisions? What do you stand for? No idea, not even sure where to start? I use my values to guide my life and career. It's the basis of how I've built boundaries for myself and stuck to them. Are you ready to dig into what matters to you? Go to thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet. That's thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet to get to your core values and take action on what matters most. Welcome to this week's episode of You Belong in the C-Suite. I'm excited to have our guest, Kim Welcome, on the podcast. A speaker, singer, and voice actor, and former sales and marketing professional, Kim Welcome started her company, Influential Voice, when she realized her background provides the very skills all professionals need to advance their careers in the corporate space. With 13 plus years of experience, Kim has well over 10,000 communication and training coaching hours under her belt, transforming the communication skills of teams at top tier organizations like Atlantis Bahamas, Credit Suisse Bahamas, Royal and Scotia Bank, so they can increase their bottom line. She has coached hundreds, helping professionals garner promotions, politicians win elections, and even a shy pageant hopeful snag a crown. Her programs are offered online with no geographical barriers. We had a great time talking about how to use your voice to advance your career. We discussed the reasons holding leaders back from speaking up on their own behalf, including limiting beliefs and how to reframe them. You'll get a ton of actionable tips on how to use your voice to bring visibility to your work. Let's get started. Well, welcome to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here, Kim. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You know how much I love the name of your program. You belong to the C-Suite. I think it's so brilliant and I'm really happy to be here. Well, can you start us out by telling us your story? Certainly. You know, I, when I, I think about when I first started out in, in the corporate world out of college and the way I was then and how I am now. And the one thing that I absolutely want to be able to teach our listening audience today 
is how to go from being high performing, overlooked and undervalued to advancing your own career. And I think about when I first graduated and I, you know, I got my first corporate job, you know, we would have meetings with the executives and CEO of the company. And I had two colleagues who were on the same level as I was. They also were recent college graduates, Mitch and Jeff, we'll never forget them. And every meeting, oh my God, they would stand up and have to talk about their accomplishments or something that they were doing at their desk. And it always seemed like bragging to me. It always seemed so obnoxious. And I just remember, you know, bowing to myself, oh, I will never be like that. And so I became, you know, it wasn't that I was shy. It was just a choice, right? I did not want to come across as obnoxious or looking for attention. Mm -hmm. And so I became very quiet in those meetings and in those settings. And in turn, Mitch and Jeff were noticed and promoted, and I became invisible. <laughs> and so that is what started me on this very journey of starting my own company. And, and, and you know, it really took me a long time to realize that that was a big part of my problem. The fact that I felt like, I, I don't have to do all that. I, you know, I don't, I don't need to try to promote myself at work. I, I don't need to do that. And um, it was a misnomer because what they were doing in principle, it was good. Albeit that I may not have liked the style. And they, I think they were actually coached. I'm telling you, because after one of them would stand up and say whatever, I would see them like look at each other like, good job, good job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As if someone told them that that was a part of participating in the corporate setting and a part of being visible so that you could advance your career. But I didn't know that. I just saw it as obnoxious. And I looked at the style and I dismissed everything. I threw the baby out with the bathwater. And it was only, you know, until I matured into my professional life that I realized, okay, I see what they were doing now. The piece that I resonate a lot with is that you felt invisible, right? Your work was not being rewarded and nobody was advocating for you. No. And, you know, that's what happens, especially now that was a smaller company, but I, you know, in bigger companies, it's even more pronounced. I mean, just think about it. If you have all of these people who are emboldened to speak up, to showcase and highlight what it is that they're doing they're the ones who are going to get the attention it, it, it is what it is i mean there's no judgment around it it is very easy to overlook that person who is sitting in their corner you know they might be pushing out the work but because they're not saying anything a lot of times people won't even know that you're interested in advancing your career because you've never said it a lot of times they'll make assumptions that you're, you're happy just as is. Yeah. You know? With the status quo. Yeah. You're happy. You know, you want, you want to be just who you are. You don't really want anything more. And they're happy because boy, this, you know, I can, I can count on her. She's going to get that work done. Right. And then you become almost like an automaton, right? Like a robot. You don't even get the respect that other people do. 
because you're taken for granted. You know, she'll get the work done. And they, you know, they treat you like you treat Siri. (laughs) (laughs) You ask Siri a question, but when Siri tries to butt in your conversation when you didn't ask her, you're like, excuse me? (laughs) 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 Siri, (laughs) did I I ask you to speak? You know, so we really have to be mindful of that. And when you think about it, this is the same, whether you are in the corporate space or even an entrepreneur It's the same. If you are hiding behind your work, then you become invisible because people are paying attention to the people who are willing to put themselves out there. Now, the key is the way you do it, right? You don't have to be up in the Yeah. And I I think it's interesting that I think a lot of, a lot of women, I know I did too, with your story from the beginning of, I I didn't like how I saw it being done. And so I wanted to have nothing to do with it because I didn't want to look like I was, you know, I didn't want to look like they looked and they sometimes were male most of the Mm -hmm. time, let's be honest. Most of the time. Um, And I didn't, and it felt super salesy and like very narcissistic. And I just, it just put a horrible taste in my mouth and I just didn't want to have any, I didn't want to be associated with that behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. Until I saw women do it more authentically. It was still hard for me as an introvert, but I've seen people do it and it's not great. But then others you're like, Oh, I see what she did there. So I love that that's what you're doing now. And that's what you do. You coach people to do that with their authentic way. But I Mm -hmm. bet you see a lot of mistakes as people try and advocate for themselves. And what are, what are some of those mistakes that you most often see leaders have as they're trying to advocate their, from the, for themselves or their team? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. You know, the biggest thing, especially as women, the mindset is that we have to fight for it, right? And so we come with a certain mindset and my specialty is communication, right? That's my area of expertise. And I can tell you that we are communicating based on what we're thinking. And if I'm thinking that, you know what, nobody really wants to listen to me and I got to push my way through and I have to, you know, assert, you, you say the word assert yourself, but you're not really being assertive, you're being aggressive because you believe, oh my God, I got to fight for this. And then when you speak, even though you try to come across in a certain way, the way you really feel is what's oozing through your pores. That's what people really connect with. So, you know, a lot of times we will say, you know, oh, every time a woman tries to stand up and say something, you know, she always gets labeled with the B word. You know, I get that and I understand that. Totally, because I know what it's like to be in a space where men are just like overpowering women and not really considering them and almost dismissing them or, you know, disregarding you and your brilliance and what you're being bringing to the table. But I would say the biggest mistake is when you actually feed into that, because that cannot be the basis for your communication, because you will always come across in the wrong way (laughs) inadvertently Mm. you will come across in the wrong way but when you stand in your 
confident power, right? Not because you have to force yourself, but because you are confident and you know, guess what? I belong here. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe they just don't realize how I belong here. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm like an iceberg. They're only seeing the tip of me. Or like Beyonce said, you must not know about me, right? You, you don't even <laughs> know about me, right? You don't know all that I can bring to the table. But when you have that confidence, you don't really have to fight about it. You don't have to fight about it anymore. And you can come across in a different way because obviously the whole point of opening your mouth, especially if you're the kind of person who does not speak up a lot, you are trying to get a certain result. So you have to think big picture, right? What is it that I really want in the end? I can't alienate the very people that I'm trying to get to see things my way or the people that I'm trying to influence, the people who have the power to make important decisions in the vein of where I'm trying to go, you want to get them on board. So the first thing that you have to do is pull down that wall, even if they built it, choose not to even look at that wall and just present yourself as the confident person that you are, not trying to fight, just being able to take the emotion out of it and share and talk. And when you're able to do that, people are able to listen to you. We make the mistake, we cut people just build a wall by the way we come across. And if somebody is not in your corner, that becomes a problem. If they're not in your corner, they can even misperceive what you're saying just because you're saying it. And so I would say that is the second biggest problem, building the rapport because assertiveness has to be built on rapport. It doesn't matter how assertive you are and assertive is that perfect balance. It really is. It's not aggressive. It's not passive. It's that perfect balance. But even your assertiveness can be misinterpreted when you're talking to someone with whom you have no rapport. Even, you know, you look great today, Laura. Oh, so what about all the other days? So I don't usually look great. <laughs> you know, oh, it, it, it all gets all mashed up. Whereas someone that you have rapport with, you can actually say something, you know, jokingly. You like you can joke with them or say something. And because you have that kind of rapport, it's water off a duck's back. They would never, you know, take issue with it. And you can say those same words to someone who you have no rapport with, and it's a big issue. So, you know, mistake number one, really mistake number one is not building the rapport. And then mistake number two is thinking, I have to fight to get what I want. (laughs) I love that you said this idea of assertiveness versus aggressiveness. And I think about times where I probably did not assert myself or assert my opinion early enough. And so by the time I am ready to say it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm like, I'm about to lose my mind. And absolutely. And and those times, you know, I probably have come across very assertive (laughs) and, um, and maybe have taken people, you know, off guard. Like, no, I very much feel passionately about that. And um, it can be misconstrued. Right. So I feel like 
this idea of aggressive versus assertive. I mean, we could talk about that just yeah, forever. For a whole hour. <laughs> We're both rolling our eyes right now. <laughs> um, especially yeah. when you finally do have some of that confidence to talk about it. Sometimes if you have not shown up that way in the past, you can be labeled as aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. that's like a whole other thing. But I, I, under I understand your... Um, the nuance there as we talk about it, because I have been fired up for sure about different things. And sometimes it's just it because can. you can't get a word in edgewise, right. um, or you're not heard, or you don't have, or you don't have a seat at the table. And I think those are different, different instances. But what I love about what you said, it's you're building that relationship and along with it, the confidence to be able to speak when you need to in the spaces that you're in. And I, I think that's just something that not everybody can do all the time. I'm an introvert and sometimes I need time to process. And there are so many instances where I wish I had that thing that I wanted to say, but I just didn't have my thoughts together or I couldn't come up with it right when I needed to. And so I wait and I hold it and I hold it in. So what advice would you have for people like me that need to think things through or don't have the right thing to say in the moment? Right. I, and I know, I know exactly what you mean. I, I have those same instances, right? Because I think that all of us, we have certain areas in our lives or certain instances or situations where it's easy to be assertive. And then there are those areas that are actually challenging, right? Depending on how much weight is on it. And certainly in that corporate space, there's often a lot of weight on it. So you, you do want to measure your words and, and be very intentional about what comes out of your mouth. But I would say one of the things that I, I teach my clients is to actually create a mind map while you're sitting right there in that conversation so that you are able to pull your thoughts together very quickly. And so I'll, I'll, would you like me to just go through a really quick process that people could take away right now? I'd love it, I'd love okay. that. Okay, all right, so this one is super simple. It's really not difficult. It's just a quick little mind map to help you pull your thoughts together quickly and be able to express them succinctly because I think that's also important. You don't wanna ramble and yeah. lose people. And you know what it's like to sit in a meeting and somebody goes all around the circle, back to the middle round again. You still don't even understand what they were trying to say, <laughs> right? So that's, that's a problem. And that is something that because we witness it, it causes us to wanna, you know what? I don't wanna be that person, <laughs> right? That, that really encourages us to just say nothing. But for a mind map, what you can do is, what is the main point that you want to drive home? Think about that. What, you know, in one sentence, what do you want people to know? And now create a quick mind map by two, maybe three supporting statements. If it's only one, then only one. No more than three, somewhere between one and three. And so you're going to start like this. I believe that we should consider blah, blah, blah. And I have three reasons for that. The first reason is, okay, the fact that you said three, your audience begins to lean in and you're able to engage them. Okay, what are these three things? The first is blah, blah, blah. You only have to pretty much state a sentence, right? 
be short and succinct. The second is blah, blah, blah. And I think the third would be, and every time you call that number, your audience is counting along with you. Okay, mm -hmm. what are these things? And they're getting it. They're hearing it and it helps them to process it easily, think about it. You've made a solid point and it helps to keep you on point so that you're not rambling and, and taking people all, give them the map. The map is for you and it's for them because I'm much more likely to follow you when I know where you're going. I love it. I love that so much. And I think there's, um, I, I can recall a leader that that's how, that was like his style. He was like, and people would like lean in to hear and like, okay, what does this leader think? I know he's going to have three or four things. He always yes. right? Like, what's your, right. what's your third thing? Like, mm -hmm. and it became almost part of his signature, you know, this is wow. how to respond to questions kind of thing. That's amazing. And so you can jot that down just on your, your, your notepad while you're sitting there. Duh. Right. So now it's in your mind. You probably will never even have to refer to it, but you've gotten it out of your head. Now you're clear about what it is that you want to say. I love it. So on this podcast, we talk a lot about your values and um, how those show up at work. So how how do you think that a leader can utilize what they value and talk about it in different ways to help motivate their teams in an authentic way? You know, well, if you're going by your own values, that's the easiest way to be authentic, right? Because it's something that's important to you. And it's also a good way to brand yourself, like have a solid brand where people know what they can expect from you because they know what you stand for because you, you actually verbalize it often. So a good way to do that is, first of all, keep in mind what your values are when you're communicating, right? And you might have three, three things, you know, like three pillars that you want to be able to refer to. And I, you know, I always tell my clients, listen, the best way to brand yourself is verbally, like actually say it out loud. If you want people to see you in a certain way, the more you say it, the more they will know that's what we can count on her for, for example. And, and we don't have to do it in a braggy way, but you can do it from this perspective. This is where you're incorporating your passion and what you value, and then people know they can count on you. So let's just say you're really big on following through, right? And you want people to know you as someone who will follow through. So when you speak to your team, when you're speaking with your colleagues, you actually say things like, well, you know, I just can't rest until I follow through till the end, right? You know how I am. I just have to, I have to follow through on this. That means that when you're in a meeting and something, some loose loop is hanging there, you're going to be that person who could say, okay, you know how my mind works. I got to follow this through to the end. What are you supposed to do about blah, blah, blah? with your team. You know, I like to close all loops. So who's gonna be the person who's going to be responsible for making sure that this loop is closed? Because I'm going to make you accountable and we're, you know, you're gonna let me know when you close that loop. 
Right. So now I am, I'm branding myself in a certain way because trust me, when a, an opportunity comes up and they're looking for the follow through person, everyone is going to say, that's her, that's her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there'll be no doubt about it. And it's something that you're passionate about. And guess what? You're even, you're building that in yourself even more because every time you say it, it means that you have to do it. <laughs> right? You have to make sure that you're true to that. And that's how we build strong brands. That's how we help people to know what we value and they know how to treat us too, right? Because now your coworkers, they're, you know, they're like, well, listen, you know, she likes, she likes the follow through. Mm -hmm. So if you're managing your team, they're more than likely, they're going to follow through because they know that's something that their leader values. If people are working with you, like other colleagues, and you have to do things together in order to get your work done, they're going to treat you like that because this is something that you verbalize. So just use it in everyday conversation and not, like I said, in a braggadocious way, but just put it out there casually. I love that. It's, it's almost like that interview question or what do you want to be known for? Or what's your hip pocket skill? Or what's your, uh, what's your superpower? What's your zone mm -hmm. of genius? Like all mm -hmm. of that stuff that people yes. ask. But I love the idea of literally just saying it as your brand um, mm -hmm. and follow, obviously following through consistently with that brand, but they're not going to know what you're known for unless you tell them. Right. And when you think about branding, you know, I was a marketing minor and, and my professional background is in sales and marketing. And when you think about branding, they don't try to let you guess the branding. They tell you what their branding is. And because you hear it, you believe it. And that is just the way it is. And the more you say something, it's just, it'll always be related, right? Because you keep hearing that. So Mercedes, luxury. They're never going, they say it in their advertising. They write the words luxury. They, they tell you. So I feel like uh, you've given us so many great gems, but I feel like sometimes there, we still have limiting beliefs, even around, you know, talking about ourselves. What other limiting beliefs do you see people have or other ways to, you know, build a mental boundary to get over some of those lim limiting beliefs to be able to use your influence through your voice? A lot of my clients, these are the things that they come to me with. They say things like, you know, I don't like the idea of having to sell and promote myself, right? I don't like the idea. And I, and I get that because I don't like that idea either, really, to have to sell and promote yourself. But you can reframe the way you look at that because I can sell or, and promote myself or I can offer you my best friend. This is the thing that I do well, and I can serve that to you. So maybe you just need to look at it differently. Nobody gets the benefit if you hide your brilliance. Serve your brilliance. Serve it. Don't sell it. Another thing that my clients will come to me and say is, um, you know, I don't want to be a part of the nasty politics. Yes. I get that. Yes. Like every office, it's there. 
It is there. Every, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You can't run. You can't hide. It's in church. It's, it's like, it's everywhere, right? And the truth of the matter is you don't have to get involved with nasty quality to excel or advance or have visibility. What you do want to do is create relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. You Build want to create relationships. Not relationships to get ahead, relationships because you care about people. Relationships because you can learn so much from other people. I remember my husband, he was sent to Ireland and he had to work under the sky and he didn't like his style, right? And he just felt he was harsh, et cetera, et cetera. And on the last day of the trip, the night before he was flying back home. Him and the guy had dinner at the guy's house and he got to see him as a person. And he said, if we had had that dinner at the beginning of the trip, <laughs> at a, he said, I actually like him, okay? They would have had a much better relationship. But when you confine your interaction with your colleagues to simply, um, could you please do this for me? Um, I'm looking for that report. Um, I have a report in the boardroom and they only see you in a one dimensional way. It becomes very difficult. And that is what happens. And that's why you see certain people start grouping together, but it's really because they've gotten to know each other in multi dimensions. And so they become more friendly, but because these, you know, overlooked women who are high performing, a lot of times they're at their desk and they're like, I don't want to get involved. I, you know, I'll just, let me just um, keep a low profile and do my work. People only see them in a one dimensional way. That is a problem. If people only know you for doing work, but they know nothing else about you. I've had clients who, I mean, they're the company or the senior people or their colleagues they're even more harsh on them because they don't know them. But when you know people, they get the biggest pass, right? But <laughs> things are overlooked. Errors are, you know, overlooked when people know people. So that is certainly the second. And I, I just want to leave you with the third. The third thing that I often hear from my clients is, my work should speak for itself. <laughs> <laughs> And I can identify with that too, right? I shouldn't have to do all that extra stuff. When you look at my work and what I'm contributing, you should notice me. But then it goes right back to what I said. But when you have all these other people who are clamoring for attention, who are making sure that everybody knows what they're doing, who are making sure that they are building those important relationships, it's easy for you to get pushed on a back burner, not because people are trying to push you on a back burner, but you just haven't come up to the front. What's the, the shift that you help those clients make? Their big shift is their mindset and their own personal power. I really help my clients to stand in their own personal power. In other words, you could sit at your desk and do great work and hope that somebody taps you on your shoulder and says, we have something great for you. Or you could decide that you're going to be in control 
of your own career. And you can be in control of your own career. And who else would be the best person to be in control of your career? So I just think as women, a lot of times we are uh, conditioned to wait to be pulled to the front. We're conditioned to get permission. We're conditioned in a certain way. But my clients have had great breakthroughs when they realize, guess what? No, I, I have the power to, it isn't, and it's in you. It's in you. And you can do it just as authentically. You can be an introvert. Introvert does not mean that you have to be overlooked. There are very powerful introverts that are running things. <laughs> you know, they don't talk a lot. But when they talk, people listen, right? <laughs> right, that's right. Or the questions that they ask or, you know, or they, you know, ask somebody else at the, the exact right time or connect different data points. But in, in, that, in that way, they do it authentically. Yeah. They're, and they're just being their authentic self. It's not, well, I'm an introvert. No, introvert, extrovert, they're equal. The only difference is, the way you get your energy. Some introverts get their energy from internal, right? Being alone. Extroverts get their energy from being around, around a lot of people. But we, Barack Obama is certainly an introvert. He's an introvert. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He probably can really be by himself. I remember before he became president and Michelle talked about how lonely he was because, you know, he was in pursuit of this presidency and he was living far away from where she was and because he went to Washington and he, she was in Chicago and he was fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Fine with it. And that bothered her that he was fine. <laughs> he didn't really need his stimulation to come from outside of him. It's inside of him. I think introverts are some of the most powerful because they take a minute to process. They don't just speak off the cuff. They don't talk for talking sake. They're listening. They're very powerful. And when you realize how powerful you are, I've had so many clients and like, people do want to hear what I have to say. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they, they do. absolutely do. Yes. Well, I really love the mindset shifts that you've walked our listeners through today. I think there's a ton of other things that we can talk about, but I just want to thank you so much for being here and providing so much value to our audience today. And I wanted to ask you about your ebook. Yes. So I have a, an ebook that you can download, no cost, it's free. And it's called How to Develop Professional Charisma. Because I think that is something that every professional needs, no matter what it is that you're doing. Charisma is the wind that is pushing your back and pushing you forward because we have enough going on in the corporate space where, you know, there's resistance, right? So if you can get a little wind in your back to help push you forward, charisma is just that. And uh, this book really talks about the way you, you know, it talks about the delivery of communication, five essential skill sets to communicating that help people to respect you, to listen to what you're saying. My background, I'm a voice actor. And a lot of what I've learned, even as a voice actor, I've been able to incorporate in this book. So how to develop professional charisma, go on and download it. That book is for your career advancement 
using the power of your voice. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for being a part of our show today. And everybody, we will um, link in the show notes where you can find and download the ebook. So thank you so much, Kim. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.